What's up, podcast? Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of The Corecast. We have a really great episode for you this week. We sat down with the founder of Handy Capable Fitness, James Norris. We talked about a whole lot of really great things with James. We talked about what it was like training for and competing in a Spartan race, playing sled hockey, and what inspired him to found Handy Capable Fitness. There is just so much great stuff in this podcast, whether it's great stories, great training tips, or great life advice. So we're really excited for you guys to listen to it. And with that, let's get started. This is the CoreCast by Anchor Health and Fitness. Welcome in, everyone, to another episode of The Corecast. I am your host, Mike Carlson, and today I'm joined by the founder of Handy Capable Fitness, James Norris. James, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Mike, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. You guys reached out about a week ago, said, hey, we got this thing going on, and we would love for you to be a part of it, and I was like, absolutely. So thank you, guys, from the bottom of my heart for having me on. I'm super excited. Well, we, we can't thank you enough for, for coming on, and, and we're going to have just, I think, you know, what is going to be an incredible conversation. And, and I want to start from the beginning, because when you talked to us, you told us your story. I think it's just a flat-out incredible story, so let's start there. Why don't, why don't you tell us the, the James Norris comic book number one origin story? Okay, so here it goes. I'm 35 years old. Um, I have cerebral palsy, but I was born premature, but other than that, and having to spend three months in the hospital, um, I was born quote unquote normal. Um, and then I believe it was at the age of about one and a half, I had a hernia. So I went in for that operation. Uh, during that operation, the mask came off my face and my brain was without air or the hose that, that provided oxygen came loose and my brain was without air for five and a half minutes, which in turn caused cerebral palsy. But they didn't tell my parents at the time. So my parents were only home, everything was, you know, good. Then they realized, hey, you know, he's getting to a certain age and he's not hitting, you know, these milestones that he should be hitting. And um, so they, they called up Boston Children's Hospital and right away they diagnosed me with cerebral palsy. Um, and let me let me let me start off before I get really into the crux of the story. Cerebral palsy is the best thing that's ever happened to me, and I know a lot of people are like, "What are you talking about? How how mm-hmm. is that the case?" And honestly, it's because it taught me to deal with adversity from a very young age and get comfortable with dealing with adversity. And I think that's extremely prevalent. Um, with what we have going on today. Um, You know, I think a lot of people are, you know, kind of stuck in their own homes and isolated. And for the handicapped community and the adaptive community, this is kind of how we've been for a long time Mm -hmm. because we're not comfortable. A lot of people aren't comfortable with their disabilities and and that sort of thing. But going going back to my story, you know, my family never treated me any different. In fact, I believe that they held me to a higher standard because they knew what I was capable of. Yeah. And growing up in growing up in Boston, absolutely love Boston sports. It's kind of a rite of passage. It's in it's in your blood. And so I was I was super competitive. So I got involved in in T ball or whatever and wheelchair basketball. And 
it served its purpose and it was great. But I noticed at the end of the day, the score was always zero, zero. And, mm -hmm. you know, it always ended in a tie. And I was like, no, that, that's, that's bull crap. You know, my team <laughs> won four to three. Like, so I went home and I told my mom, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. So, so, you know, growing up through school, you know, I had a lot of, I had a lot of friends and a lot of acquaintances, but I was the type of person where, you know, I'd go to school, do my work, come home, watch sports. That was it. You never really mm -hmm. see me out at a party, never really, you know, at a football game on a Friday night, even though I love sports. It just, it just wasn't me. And I think it was because of the cerebral palsy. Like, I always thought that one of two things, people were talking, talking to me because they felt bad or they weren't talking to me because they just didn't know how to, how to correspond with somebody and they didn't want to offend. So it mm -hmm. wasn't that people were being jerks. It just, they were unfamiliar and they didn't want to cross boundaries. So throughout this whole process, you know, like I said, grew up loving sports and I, I knew I couldn't be, you know, your prototypical athlete. So I was like, I got to get into this field, you know, somehow to just be close to the game. Mm -hmm. And so I always listened to sports radio. So, so one day I heard a commercial come on the air and I was, I was like, you know what, let me, let me just try and see what happens. So I went to broadcasting school, worked in Boston radio for six years absolutely loved it um then i had the opportunity to go to california for a production job and i'm thinking at the time because all i wanted to do was radio this whole this whole fitness thing this whole handicapable fitness thing mm -hmm. wasn't even on the radar at this point um you know so i thought i was going to be bumping elbows with you know ryan seacrest all the big shots out in california and um got out there worked out there for about six months mm -hmm. then the, then the, I got laid off and um, I fell into a depression, started to really develop some unhealthy habits and came back to Boston after the year was up. And I was lucky enough to get my job back at the radio station. Then through the life of radio, they got bought mm -hmm. out and a lot of people got laid off. Unfortunately, I was one of the layoffs. Mm -hmm. so, so I remember coming home from work one day and I live on the second floor and I get around on my knees. And at this time I was like 20 something. Yeah. And I went up the stairs and I was sweating like I ran the marathon. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man, I have to do something. But like I said, I knew nothing about fitness. So I just joined a local commercial gym, would mm -hmm. literally go in there every single day and, and do this workout, do the same workout every, every day. A yeah. trainer saw me. He's like, he's like, listen, you're you're in here all the time. He's like, let me design a program around you and your your goals and your challenges, and we'll see what we can do. So fast forward, one thing led to another. Um, lost sixty five pounds, but I think what what is more important, I finally was able to discover that inner athlete. I knew I wasn't going to be the biggest, wasn't going to be the fastest or the strongest in the gym but I was competing with myself. So I was just taking videos on my phone to show my friends and family, you know, all the new things that I was able to do. Yeah. And 
my trainer at the time goes, man, he goes, you know, if, if you're doing this, like he goes, you need to put it out there in this public forum. Mm-hmm. And so that's how Handicapable Fitness was born. And I, I, so I, I started to share my own journey. But then I was like, you know what, if I'm doing this, there has to be other people with similar challenges and similar situations doing the same thing. So I started to highlight them. And now we are becoming a nonprofit. But I've done, things, I've done things like Spartan races, sled hockey, rock climbing, skiing. Um, and it was a really interesting story when it came to doing the Spartan races. Mm-hmm. Two, year, two years ago, they did, a, they did a race out in Laughlin, Nevada. It was the first ever Paris Spartan race. Wow. They, called me, they called me two weeks before, and they were like, listen, we're doing this race. Mm-hmm. Would you want to do it? Now, me, I'm like, let's go. Like, wh- yeah. where, 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 where do I sign up? And then, but I had no idea what a Spartan race was. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I YouTubed it, and I'm like, what did I get myself into here? <laughs> I, I was like, and so I went out there and it was a three and a half mile course, uh, 21 different obstacles, I believe. And I did it in a, a wheelchair called the grip freedom chair, which is a chair that's basically made out of mountain bike parts that, okay. you, pump with, that you pump with your arms. Yeah. Um, and the way I describe it is, just the energy of the event and not even just me, com- me com- um, completing the race myself, mm-hmm. but just the overall energy of the event was a, a Tony Robbins conference mm-hmm. magnified by like a hundred. Just the yeah. energy was absolutely insane, you know? And that was kind of like my awakening moment. And I was like, okay, this, this is cool. This is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? And one other story that I'll, that I'll give to you real quick yeah, is go for it. I, I had a shirt on with my logo um, before the race and this woman came running up and she's like, Oh my God. She's like, I follow you on social media. She goes, my son has cerebral palsy. And because of you, he wants to be a personal trainer. So I was like, I was like, no way. Like this is, this is insane. You know, yeah. I'm just a, I'm just a, I'm just a small guy from Boston. Like what? You know, so I so I went up and I, I talked to him and he looked at me like I was the rock. And it was from that point on that I knew that this was my calling and this was my purpose in life. Um, mm-hmm. And the rest has been history. That's incredible. And I, I think so, that that last story you shared, I, I think is that's just wow. I'm, I'm blown away. That's it's there's just so much in there. And I'm excited to, to jump into all of it. I, I want to start with the Spartan race, though. So. Like you said, you got an email two weeks before starting this race. And, and you know, anyone who's familiar with starting Spartan races, you know, it's, it's something that is, you, got, you train a long time for and to cram it all in two weeks is, is a task. What was that training process like for, me, for you? Was it, what were you focusing on? What were you doing? Did you, did anything change? Tell me a little bit about kind of how you got ready. Honestly, um, like I said, I, I fly by the seat of my pants. So like, <laughs> and, and being that, being that it was only like a two week heads up, mm-hmm. um, you know, I really couldn't like train for it. So I yeah. was just doing my typical like bodybuilding style. Cause that's all I knew at the time, yeah. um, workouts. And, and then I just kind of showed up and probably the cool part was it was me. 
it was me and another guy and I, I didn't I didn't know the other guy but mm -hmm. he was probably like 350 pounds of a spinal cord injury and it was me and, mm -hmm. and two other we're gonna, gonna do that we're gonna do this race and and the able-bodied people were like okay well how how is this gonna work out you know yeah. we we have these guys and they definitely have their, they definitely have their limitations but then before we started the race there was two there was two women that were like hey we see that you're about ready to go out like let let us help you we, we want to do this with you yeah. so we were like okay and the cool part was is that you know they they had a cash prize on the line we were just doing it just to do it at this mm -hmm. point and so there was there was your average everyday uh folks that were out there doing it too and and they would see us doing it and they'd be like oh we want we want to we want to run with you and yeah and we created like this this pack you know so so there was people that that we met throughout the race that we didn't know before and mm -hmm. i'm you know i'm on their back going over our cargo net and you know <laughs> you know doing this sort of thing they're you know they're picking me up and they're shoving me over the wall or or yeah whatever we we got real close real quick <laughs> um you know and by the time we crossed the finish line it was it was you know we probably had maybe 15 to 20 people that were that were there um yeah and it, it was crazy because we were we were the last team out and they were giving out the awards for the people that competed in the elite race Mm -hmm. And then somebody goes, "Hey, there's a team out there." So, so they stopped doing the ceremony, mm -hmm. and they they watched us all cross the finish line. That's and awesome. um, it was insane, and everybody erupted, and it, it it was it was wild. That's crazy. So, take me into the race, because like okay. I said, there's just so many different obstacles. Was there any? moment or set of moments where you're like you're like wow like i am i am doing it like this is a hundred percent real like <laughs> i am in the thick of it did did you have any moments or optic obstacles that stood out where you're like okay like this is oh, this is real life right now a, a, absolutely i mean i mean um so so i'll i'll bring i'll bring you to two um one was one was in the very beginning of the race um mm -hmm. and there was this woman her name is Amy Winters. You should you should look her up. She's okay. got several different world records. She's an amputee. Um, she's she's done death races all over the world. Just just a phenomenal woman. And so she so she ran the race with her team as part of the elite team. Saw us going out, mm -hmm. and she was like, "I'm gonna turn around and do it again." Yeah. So so she was she was like guiding the wheelchair that I was using while I was pumping. Well, we picked up so much speed at this one point because we were going down this hill. Yeah. And we're in Lachlan, Nevada, which is all rocks, all sand, just complete desert. Mm -hmm. And um, the chair picked up so much speed and we're on like the edge of like this cliff or this slope. And I'm going, oh no, this is it because we could we couldn't stop, and I'm like I'm yeah. gonna go I'm gonna go over. So the chair actually started to tip, and she, all in one stride, like 
kept running, but got down on one knee and mm-hmm. shouldered me like a football player. Got got wow. the chair back up, got the chair back up level, and just kept going all in one motion. And at that point, I was like, "Okay, this is this yeah. is um, this is real. Like, yeah. all right, here we here we go." So, and then there was there was another point at the at the end of the race, or getting pretty close to the end of the race, where um, you know. It was it was brutal. It was brutal. I mean, I was bleeding because you have to crawl through sand. I mean, mm-hmm. I was I was beat up, man. Yeah. You know, and and I could see that everybody around me kind of felt like the same thing. And we were doing the monkey bars, and I was up on somebody's like shoulder. And if you ever do a Spartan race, when you get to the end of an obstacle, mm-hmm. you have to you have to hit this bell. Gotcha. So I so. I don't know what came over me, but it, mm-hmm. you know, I reached up and I smacked the bell and I, I swear it, I sent that thing from back to back to Boston <laughs> and, and, and I screamed some profanities and yeah. I, I like freaked everybody out because nobody knew I was going to, going to like scream like a maniac like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't even know it was just a natural unnatural reaction and spartan actually got a, a great action shot of that nice. and I, I i like to tell people that photo embodies who i am as a person to a t because if i'm if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna do it 110 percent mm-hmm. uh, and there's there's just no there's just no turning back from it so so yeah it was it's those two stories that really like stick out in my mind. And then afterwards, you know, I don't want to scare people if they haven't done it. Um, but, but I, I was, I was sore and I was, I was bleeding in the shower. I was mm-hmm. like, this, yeah. this, this, this is crazy, but, but honest to God, best thing I've ever done in life. That's incredible. You, you bring up a really kind of interesting point. You, you alluded to it a little bit earlier. You talked about, you know, finding your inner athlete. And that's something that, you know, we're, you know, all about at Anchor and something that we talk about is, you know, we're athlete, you know, everyone can be an athlete. Like, you know, I go out and I, I hit, you know, range balls and, yep. you know, work on my golf swing and I'll go play basketball. And like, that is athleticism, even though I'm, I'm not doing it in a competitive way. And, and you really hit on that and, and finding your inner athlete, you know, looking back and, and kind of that moment, you know, is there any, is there any moment, you know, where you're kind of like, where that kind of light bulb goes on and you're like, okay, like, this is who I am right now. This is that 110%, you know, smack the bell at the end of a Spartan race, you know, competitive guy. Do you have any moment that started that? Um, well, you know what? It's, it's, it's funny because it, um, yes, I do. And I'll remember it clear as day. Like I was, I was doing, I think it was a shoulder press just at the, the regular gym that I was at at the time. And, and, um, I think we were up to like 40 pounds on, on my good side and I was able to do it like, and I was yeah. able to do it pretty much with ease at this point. And I was like, hold on, we're, we're onto something here. Like, like, like this is, this is badass. Like, let's go. Like, this is awesome. 
you know? Mm -hmm. And from that point on, it was like I said before, like I knew I was never going to be the biggest, never going to be the fastest. I, I wasn't going to step on stage at the Olympia mm -hmm. and, and, and win that, you know, but for me, you know, that was, that was the defining moment. And probably really the other one is the story that I told you where the mother came up to me and yeah. said, you know, because of you, my son wants to be a personal trainer. Um, you know, um, and I still, I still talk to him to this day. He's one of my best friends um, in the world. And one, honestly, one of my biggest motivations to keep doing what I'm doing. So. Incredible. And I, and I, it's, and it's, it's led to, you know, handy capable fitness. It's, you know, that's, that's your organization. And I, I just, you know, I want everyone to know because you told us and you explained us, you know, the, the incredible work you're doing and you alluded to it a little bit, but, but talk a little bit more about that and, and kind of starting it and, and really getting it off the ground and, and having a lot of success with it, which, which you have. Well, well thank you for that. And, and yeah, you know, um, like I said before, this, this is, this is all kind of hatched out of my own, my own personal fitness journey. And I was like, well, if I, if I'm doing, if I'm doing all these things and getting to have all these experiences such as Spartan races and, and sled hockey and, you know, rock climbing and all these different activities that I've been able to do. Um, I train at one of the best gyms in the country, uh, Mike Boyle strength conditioning. And these yep. are all opportunities that have been, that have been given to me. And my whole mission for handicapable fitness is I want to, I want to give back what's been, what's been given to me. And the mission of that is um, what we want to do is if somebody comes, comes to you and says, or comes to us and says, Hey, you know, I want to get a personal trainer, whatever that personal trainer means to them. It can be, it can be, you know, um, a physical therapist. It can be your average personal trainer, average fitness professional, what, mm -hmm. however that's defined we want to then go to the fitness professional and be like, okay, how much is it going to be to work with Johnny for, for, you know, six months. Okay. Yeah. This is what it's going to be. Handicapable fitness is going to give a scholarship to, to help that or, Oh, they want to do a Spartan race, but they, but they need that special wheelchair for, for the race or they need their entry fees covered. Handicapable fitness wants to step in and help pay for that. The long-term goal is to obviously pay for everything in full. So it'd be like, hey, you know what? Um, here's a year's worth of training. Here's a brand new, a brand new chair that, that you can take and go hiking and do your Spartan races. Um, but being realistic, we're unable to do that right now. Um, so we want to at least give a scholarship and, and assist in that process. Um, and that's, that's kind of, that's kind of the goal because like I said, I've been given so much in life and I've been exposed to so many amazing people. Um, the James you see today is a compilation of, of so many different things. First and foremost, my faith and my family. Um, and then just my network of people. I mean, I wake up every day and I consider myself so blessed to have the opportunities that I have and be exposed because the thing is that Spartan race had, had opened up, had opened up a whole new community 
for me, not just, not just, um, you know, handicapable or adaptive athletes, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, military veterans and, and yeah. uh, so, so many loyal people and people that have great connections and just down to earth people. And these are people that have chosen to invest some of their time in me, um, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, th- those are the people, the people at Mike Lowe Strength Conditioning, that when I'm out there and I'm doing these things, speaking to kids, whatever the case may be, when I'm doing that stuff, that's my way of paying, paying them back and saying, hey, thank you for investing in my journey. Here you go. This, yeah. this, I'm, I'm taking what you did for me and I'm passing it on to somebody else. And, and I, I, you know, quite frankly, I love that because it is, it's about paying it forward at the end of the day. And, and that is the most important thing to, you know, if, if you've been given a, you know, a, an incredible opportunity, it's about, you know, passing that on. And, and I think you hit that right on the head and it's, you know, very much reflective in, in the work you've done with Handicapable Fitness. Thank you so much. I mean, and you know, the other thing I'll add too is, is, you know, I've been able to meet so many amazing, amazing kids and youth and, and that sort of thing. And, but I'll, one of the biggest things for me and it's one of the most rewarding things and i didn't realize it till probably about six or eight months ago um is that when you meet when i meet with these kids i'm not only helping them Mm -hmm. but i'm also helping their parents because let's face it i mean first of all whenever whenever you have a child there's no handbook that comes with it period Yep. But then, then you throw special needs on top of it, and it's like, well, what, 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 do, what do I do here? And, you know, I've almost been a sounding board for parents to be like, hey, listen, you, you want to push your kid here, but you want to you wanna ease up and, and kind of give them a little bit of assistance here. These are, these are the surgeries you want to look out for. These are the services that are out there. And that's that's another rewarding part of what I do because, you know, these parents don't know and they're mm-hmm. coming to somebody that's, that's lived through it and been through it and they use me as a sounding board. And that's another rewarding experience. I, I absolutely love that. And I wanted to talk about some of the other cool experiences because the Spartan races, it's just one of the many incredible things, um, you know, that, that you've been doing. You talked about rock climbing. I'm, I'm fascinated though about the sled hockey thing. I think that's just, incredibly cool incredibly awesome where does where did that come from did it did it come from like you said being a a boston sports fan a bruins fan growing up you know take me into that because i I think that's just so cool yeah i mean i mean it 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 really did um i'm the type of person similar to the spartan race like i said i'm the type of person that if there's a physical activity i want i want to do it like let's go sign me up i'll figure it out on the fly like Mm -hmm. and i'm ultra competitive so yeah even like my first time on on the ice i expect to be good at i expect to be good so (laughs) um you know so there's a there's a local rehab hospital here in boston they they've worked with some of the marathon bombing victims world renowned called spalding rehab Mm -hmm. and they have they have a bunch of different sports and every, I think it's every Sunday for like five to $10, they do an open skate where, you know, you, you can, you can come and it's like two to three hours. 
and they run you through drills and then they break out and have like a scrimmage game. And one mm -hmm. of the things I, one of the things I really enjoy about it is that you, anybody can do it. Yeah. So, so if you were here in Boston, um, you know, I'd say, Hey, you know, let, let's, let's go play sled hockey. And you, yeah. you, could, you could jump on a sled and, and sit there, sit there and play with us. And nice. I, I think, I think that's another cool experience because it gives the able-bodied community a mm -hmm. sense of, of, of what it's like. Um, but it, it's an amazing sport. It's, it's just like, you know, your, your normal hockey. Um, yeah. It, it's fast paced. It's, I mean, it's even at the Olympic level at this point. Mm -hmm. And I was able to play with one of, with one of the guys on the team last year before all the COVID stuff happened. And man, let me tell you, like, I didn't want any part of this guy. I mean, <laughs> he, he was, he was shooting the pocket like 70 miles an hour, like, wow. Seated. And he was, he was flying. Like, I mean, absolutely flying. I'm like, if this guy hits me, I, I'm, I'm dead. So, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stay over here. <laughs> like, yeah. um, you know, but, but honestly, next to the Spartan race, um, that's the sport that I found that really gives the ultimate adrenaline rush and, mm -hmm. and, and to, and to circle back a little bit. Yeah. It did, it did start by, by being a Bruins fan. I mean, yeah. Uh, one of my really good friends and, and, um, the trainer that I first worked with at Mike Blow strength and conditioning who mm -hmm. helped get me up and walking. Ken Whittier now works for the Boston Bruins um, wow. as their assistant strength and conditioning coach. And, you know, we, we just created a bond and, you know, I mean, we're both Boston sports guys. And mm -hmm. so that just, that just kind of fed into it a little bit. I was like, yeah, all right, well, I want to make Ken proud and I want to become a hockey player now. <laughs> I I love that. And I'm definitely, I don't know if that was an invitation, but the next time I'm in Boston, I'm definitely going to take you up on that. And we are for let's, sure going to go play some sled hockey. I'm in. Let's go. Let's go. I'm not, I'm not going to take it easy though. I'm going to poke you in the ribs. I'm going I'm, I'm a little dirty. <laughs> hey, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect anything less. I, I want to be challenged. If I'm going to get out I, on the ice, like we're going to, we're going to compete, man. I, I, I want to, I want to have that first hockey fight. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want to, you, you talked about it a little bit. So I appreciate you kind of, you know, teeing up my questions nicely. You're doing my job for me a little bit there. So I, I appreciate it. Um, you, you talked about kind of training and, and COVID and how everything has kind of shifted. So, and this is something we've, we've talked to, you know, all the athletes and trainers is, you know, what has your training routine look like? you know, with, you know, limited availability with, you know, sometimes gym restrictions and gym closers, what's changed, you know, in a positive way and, and what have been some of the challenges? Oh man, it's, um, it's, it's definitely been a challenge. You hit the, you hit the nail on the head uh, with that. Um, and it, it had been a struggle at, a, at some points, you know, because um, there, one thing, one thing that COVID taught me during this whole time was I was unprepared from a, from a personal gym setting. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't have free weights. I didn't have, you know, mini bands. I'm not, so, so then this all happens and I'm scouring the internet for, for 
dumbbells and mini bands and just something that I yeah. can get my hands on to do something. And it was, it was like impossible um, mm -hmm. for, for a time. And then, and then power block dumbbells, they were kind enough to actually send me a pair of dumbbells, which was amazing. They, yeah. They've helped, they've helped out a lot, use a lot of mini bands. Um, I go outside, go to, go to parks, hook up the mini bands, you know, use that sort of thing. Another thing I do is I um, go to the local track and I walk with my walker. And um, right now I'm up to like a mile and a half at a time, which is, which is amazing. Um, yeah. so, so those are the types of things that I'm doing. And then I came across your product at Michael Strength and Conditioning. And I mm -hmm. was like, oh my God, like this thing, this thing is a game changer because there's so many different things that you can do with that piece of technology and mm -hmm. it's perfect for the home gym setting. Like, I don't know yeah. if that's, I don't know if that's why you guys created it. And that was like the whole like mission behind it, but, but it just happened to work out perfectly that way. Um, you know, and I absolutely love it and I can't wait to get my hands on it because because it really is a game changer and it's going to just add to my, my overall fitness. And I feel that God forbid, if we do get shut down again and have to go back into quarantine, you know, I feel a little bit more comfortable knowing that I'll be able to stay on my fitness regimen, you know, mm -hmm. being that I have your piece of equipment, the, the dumbbells, the mini bands, my walker, yeah. I feel, I feel I'll be a little bit more prepared. So, yeah. But it was definitely a challenge, a huge yeah. challenge. And, and what are some things like I, I know, you know, personally for myself, you know, we are, we went through the kind of the same home gym, um, you know, kind of like, oh, wow, we need this stuff, you know, for sure. Like we got to get it right now, you know, but what things have you seen in your training regimen? You're like, okay, you're like, I used to do this before, but you know, I'm doing this now. And I think, you know, post COVID, I'm going to just keep doing that. Is there anything where you've seen that you're like, you know what, I think I might just make a permanent switch to that. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and this is how I started working out at my glow strength conditioning is my mission was to walk. And, yeah. you know, um, I literally woke up one day and I was like, I want to do a 5k. Yeah. Why, why I said that? I don't know. And then we started, <laughs> then, then we started training for it. And I'm like, maybe next time you should just like shut up and not say anything because th this, this training regimen is grueling, but, yeah. um, but COVID really got me up and, and really utilizing my walker and really pushing me to pushing me to be more active with that. Um, mm -hmm. because with cerebral palsy, as anybody, you know, with cerebral palsy knows or knows somebody with that, um, or even if you don't, it's really important that, that you use your muscles every single day um because it's important for everybody but mm -hmm. th they lock up they you know they get tighter because your your muscles like a like a rubber band right so your muscles are, are like this all stretched out well somebody with cp it's more of like a ball and it's harder mm -hmm. to stretch that out so so you need to walk you need to stay active you need to stretch you need yeah. to do all these things so walking for me has been a huge part of, of what it is I'm doing. Um, you know, and it all kind of started, yes, during COVID, but 
one of my good friends, um, she's probably one of my best friends in the world. She's a military vet, and she she was like, "Man, I'm I'm gonna start I'm gonna start walking on on the treadmill, like getting back getting back to where I was, and and just really pushing myself, you know." And I was like, "You know what? I'm like, if if you're on, if if you're gonna go out on the treadmill or you're gonna go on these hikes or whatever, like I can take my butt down to the track." And mm-hmm. I can walk my walker. I'm like, we're gonna do this together, and yeah. and it motivated me. Um, and and we feed off of each other for that. So walking has definitely been a huge part of of um, my my journey, and something that I'm gonna stick to. I I absolutely I love that. You you talk about your journey, and I got one more question. Then we're gonna get to the rapid fire, the fun stuff. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a lot of really cool things. So. You, you talked about your journey and, you know, kind of, you know, this, this whole incredible process. What are some things you've learned either about yourself or, or just in general, you know, throughout, you know, just this, the entire incredible journey you've on, because, you know, to be quite honest, you've, you've made an impact on a lot of lives. You've helped a lot of people and you're going to continue to help a lot of people. But I mean, the, the work you've done to this point has been just flat out incredible. Well, I keep saying thank you, and that's because that's because I truly, truly mean it. But and that and that is a loaded question. I feel like could go on for days. But let, let me try to sum it up like this: like there's there's two different things. People people go through life, you know, and they're like, "Why am I here? What's my purpose? What's my calling?" Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes sometimes they never figure it out. Um, I consider myself very fortunate to say that I've, I've figured out that purpose and I know why I'm here. I know why I get woken up every day and it's to, it's to help other people. And that, and that leads me to this point. What, 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 have, what have I learned? It's not about me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not about me. Um, it's, it's something much, much deeper than 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 me and like i said it's all about it's all about passing on those opportunities and those those gifts that i've been given to other people because let me tell you there there's no better feeling than you know seeing somebody do something they never thought was possible yeah um because because of you and it doesn't even need to be a disability or physical limitation there's just mm-hmm. you know face it sometimes we think we can't do something um Mm. and then and then we do it and then that light bulb goes off in there goes off in your head and you're like oh i just i just woke up a beast in here like this this is crazy you know and and i've been fortunate enough to play a small part in in seeing some of those moments and that's what drives me that's what pushes me and you know um, that's, that's what it's about, but it's not about James. It's something much bigger. It's about the, it's about the athletes that are featured on the page and the athletes and the people that I come in contact with every day. You know, like I said, I just want to do my best to push them forward and help them realize what they are capable of. I, I absolutely love that. And I, I that's just a, a flat out incredible answer. So thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> no problem. So you ready for the rapid fire? Bring it on. Okay. So we're going to start. This is something we ask. We've asked everyone to this point. So I'm, I, I'm interested to hear your take. We've got a whole 
kind of bunch of different answers. What is your favorite exercise or movement? Oh man, I I love uh, back exercises because I I feel like that's where that's where I have the best mind muscle connection. Um, mm -hmm. But then, but then I also love leg day, and for me, leg day yeah. means something a little bit different than than your average person. Um, but I love RFEs, and I I love the fact that no matter how much I do them it still feels like I destroy my legs. Like, and I mean, I mean that in a good way. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's been, it's been awesome, but bring, bring on leg day every day. Okay. You're, I think the nobody, nobody will ever say that answer again. I guarantee that. <laughs> We've had a couple of <laughs> people who have said just squats in general, but I, no one has said bring on leg day. So that's, I'm going to go ahead and check that one off as a first. So I love that. Uh, this next one, uh, we've got a whole lot of different answers on. So I, I also want to get your take. You know, you've just gotten done with a workout. What's your go-to post-workout, you know, snack? Oh, snack. Um, let's see. Love sweet potatoes. But if it's just, nice. if it's simply just a snack, um, I want, I want to do a protein shake with rice cakes and peanut butter. Okay. I love that. We've, we've gotten protein shake, but I like the rice cakes and peanut butter. I think that's an underrated addition. So I, oh, I absolutely love that. You, you throw almonds and a banana on it, complete game changer. Okay. That's, I'm glad all of our listeners are going to hear that because I can guarantee you that's going to be something that next post-workout, they're going to be like, okay, <laughs> we're going to go rice cakes, peanut butter, you know, almond. We're going to do all of that. So it's going to be just incredible. Um, you, you're a Boston sports guy. I, I'm, this was the one I'm probably most excited to ask you out of all the questions. You know, give me your top four Boston athletes all time. Oh, oh my God. Um, Man, man, this is like a Barbara Walters question right here. I feel like I'm on 2020. <laughs> um, Tom Brady. Okay. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of people are upset with him right now. I love him. I'm rooting for yep. Tampa Bay. Screw Bill Belichick. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Tom Brady, then you got to go Larry Bird. Mm -hmm. You can you can basically take anybody from from the '80s Celtics. Um, gotcha. Then you go, then you go Ray Bork, Ray Bork. Um, Love it. And, and then David Ortiz. I think that's a that is as solid as a four as you're ever gonna get. So I love that. I absolutely love that. I think that's lights out. But I mean, you you could you could, and I even left off like Bill Russell. I mean, I mean Is Ted Williams in there too somewhere. Ted Ted Williams. I mean, there, there's so, been so many, so many amazing players. It, it's just not fair to do four. Like you can't. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this, we got. I got another Boston sports question for you. So the Celtics right now in the midst of the playoffs, Pats yep. are about to get started here in, in the next couple of weeks. Give me your uh -huh. prediction. Where do you think the Celtics are going to end up? Where do you think the Pats are going to end up? Celtics are going to. Celtics are going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Okay, uh, I love that. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say they're gonna take it to take it to a game seven. Um, I don't I don't know who I'm. I keep going back and forth of who they're gonna play. To be honest, yeah. with. Um, and for the for the for the Patriots, I don't know. I'm a diehard Patriots fan. Love them. Love them. Love them. 
but mm-hmm. I don't see I don't see it being a good season because it had there's been an improvement in the division. Um, it's been great. I mean, Buffalo Buffalo's gotten a lot better. The Jets have gotten a lot better, and yep. so I see them. I see them going eight and eight. Okay, that's good. hey, that's fair. That's fair. That's a a true sports fan right there. You, you're you're unbiased and you're telling the truth on that one. I mean, I mean they they have Cam Newton, but they have one. He's been he's been hurt, hasn't played in basically a year. So you don't so you don't know what you're getting. He's called the Patriots playbook calculus, which yep. I've heard, I've heard that's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and then yeah, he has he has Julian Edelman and. But Julian Edelman get, is getting up there in age, football-wise. Um, yep. You don't know if he can stay healthy. Yeah, they have a lot of young talent in, in Nikhil Her- Harry and, and you know, a lot of these other guys. But it's a lot of the unknown, you know. And then you have guys mm-hmm. sitting out because of COVID. They've yep. lost probably five or six of their main staple players on defense just because of that. And, the, and they don't have a tight end either. So mm-hmm. you, you just – you just don't know. You don't know. Well, I, hey, I appreciate the predictions. I appreciate you looking into the crystal ball on that one. So thank you. Um, this last one is, is one that we ask everyone who comes on the podcast. You know, we're all about building strength and, it, you know, not just, you know, strength in the, the physical sense, but just, you know, strength for life, lifelong athlete, things like that. What is the thing that gives you strength? Um, my faith. And then, and then the other thing is, like I said, the people, the people around me, because mm-hmm. I, I, I realized that I've been given a platform, been given a responsibility. And my, my undying fear is that I'm going to let somebody down, mm-hmm. you know, and, and not give them a hundred percent of myself. And that's, that's what drives me. And like, and I know I keep bringing it up, but, no, go for it. It's only because it's true. Everybody that's invested in in me as a person, I feel like no matter no matter what I do, you know, I'll always have that chip on my shoulder of, hey, so and so helped get you here. Like you, you, you got to go above and beyond. I'll I'll wrap it up with this real quick. Tom Brady said, um, you know, they asked him a question. So what what drives you? You know, you've won you've won six championships, five championships. Whenever this question was asked, and he he goes he goes my draft pick. He goes nobody expected me to be good. Yep. And and he he goes he goes it doesn't matter that I've won five six championships. He's like I still remember that nobody really wanted me. And he told, he told Robert Kraft, he said, he said, you, you will be, this will be the best decision you've ever made. And he, he mm-hmm. said that, he said that in his rookie year. And I kind of equate that to me. Nobody, nobody doubts me because, because of my cerebral palsy, my inner circle, but in my mind, you know, I kind of make, make stuff up in my mind a little bit. Um, and and think like oh people doubt people doubt you because of that like they don't think mm-hmm. you can do that even though they've never said that and yeah. it's completely it's completely false but that's what I use as motivation. Mm-hmm. I you know I think that's a brilliant answer. I do. I, I absolutely think you hit it on the head. So 
So, I mean, Michael Jordan said the same thing in, in, in the documentary that they did, mm -hmm. you know, he's like, he's like, I go, I go up against somebody and they'd score like 50 and then we'd be walking off the court and, and the guy would talk trash and he goes, I would use that as motivation for the next night. And I'd go out and I'd torture him. And then, mm -hmm. and then the reporter would come to me afterwards. Hey, Jordan, did this person really say that? And he goes, no, I just told myself that they, he goes, I just told myself that they said that because yeah. I, I needed a little extra motivation. And that is, is what I'm talking about there. I know people aren't going to doubt me because of my cerebral palsy or whatever, mm -hmm. but, but that's just, I just do that. You know, I make I, stuff to push myself. I, I, that's a, an incredible answer. You just, just let you know, you were all aces in the rapid fire. You know, you were, you were lights out, perfect game. So thank you so much. Um, and thank you. Anything, thank you for coming on the podcast. We'll definitely have you on again um, at some point. I'm looking forward to looking forward to maybe talking some more Boston sports uh, because I love to do that. And, you know, final thing, you know, tell everyone where we can find you on the web, on social. Uh, I know you have a podcast. So, so tell everyone where we can go find you so we can get uh, a lot of the, the anchor family going your way. Okay. Awesome. I appreciate, I appreciate the time for the plug. Um, it's handycapablefitness.com. And there you'll find links to all the social media. But if you're on Instagram, it's handy, H-A-N-D-I underscore capable underscore fitness. Mm -hmm. And then on Facebook and YouTube, it's just handy, capable fitness spaces in between all the words. And then um, just started a podcast that you guys are going to be a part of here in the next couple of weeks, which is awesome. We're definitely looking forward to that. It's called the Adaptive Collaborative. We do it live here on Zoom um, mm -hmm. every Tuesday night from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern. And basically, we just bring people on that have incredible inspirational stories um, and give them the spotlight and just show people what's possible and highlight them. I love it. We're, we're excited to be on. You know, we're going to have our, our whole anchor group of people go, go give you a follow, go show you some love on the internet. And, and like I said, thank you so much for, for coming on the podcast. We're grateful and we're excited to have you on again. Thank you.